back to another great episode of my mom thinks you're dumb on today's episode we have a very special guest mr d robertson himself and we're going to be discussing 10 pertinent questions asked at some point over the last what, seven months somewhere around there seven months by some of our nation's top high school seniors these questions range in difficulty and seriousness. Danny entered the waiting room. Disney? You go by Danny sometimes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear that. I can hear that. You got me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Danny's um, technically what I go. That's my technically, like, legal name. Danny mm-hmm. is your legal name. Yeah, you know, like the birth certificate thing. It's not Daniel or something. No, it's Danny. Danny. Your legal yeah, name is Danny. Danny. My but the friends call me Dan the Man or the Danimal. So where does Douglas come from? That is, is an alter sort of ego character that I'm doing. It's like a, um, it's sort of an improv thing. So when you're doing stand-up, you go by Douglas. No, no, it's not stand-up. It's improv. Okay, so yes and. Your yes and group. Yes, yes, yes. And? All right. So welcome back. Hello. Welcome back to a great episode of My Mom Thinks You're Dumb. We have on uh, hand a very special guest, a friend of the program, Mr. Danny Roberts. Um, hey, happy to be here. <laughs> you want to do your uh, steam whistle? Sign the name. Clocking in. Happy to be here, uh, Mo. On another episode of the podcast. So, I forgot about the Steve whistle. Yeah, well, that's a that's a throwback to uh, eons ago. Back was in there a catchphrase? Did a catchphrase uh, go with it? You said clocking in. Clocking, clocking in. in. Yeah. And that you wanted to be that guy that 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 sounded that bell. That would yeah. get there early and make sure that everybody else was like, hey. You're five minutes late. Don't even punch in. Go ahead and punch out because you're fired. Um, there's, the bell is is uh, powerful. It's powered by steam. <laughs> All right. So this episode, uh, I did something special um, because I would I would randomly tell some of my buddies. I would say like, you're not going to believe what question I was asked today in in class and um, they would be amazed that that someone asked this question and um, as a parent of a of a nine-year-old recent nine-year-old these questions are constant they're uh, basically 24-7 hey dad why are the oceans salty hey dad why is the skies blue stuff like that and I don't know the answers to these questions but I've figured out that these questions, um, they don't stop. But, you know, as a 64-year-old, I can say I filter out most of these questions and I don't share them with the world. Um, so as you get older, you begin to filter out these questions and, and ju- you just don't ask them. You still have them, but you don't ask them. So as a teacher of seniors, I've begun to record these questions and I have, I have a list of 
that's quite long. But I wanted to go through with you, a man of the people, a man who yes. is highly intelligent. Oh, thank you for saying that. Well, and, and first of all, let me just start out by saying, um, I think it's great that you do the classes for senior citizens. And I think it's great what you're doing at the nursing homes, because I really do think that like, you're never too old to learn. And probably by like you doing those classes, yeah, they're, you know, they're probably very old. So they have some wacky ideas and they're all probably a little bit racist and they're giving you all these questions. But I, I just think that also you're probably think of how much longer you're prolonging their lives because you're giving these senior citizens a reason to live, you know? So bravo. Well, I like to foster lifelong learning, you know, lifelong yep. learning. Even if it's like, you know, I only have a weeks left. They can still learn something. Right. Right. I haven't given up. So uh, I picked out the first 10 questions that I've written down, and, and that's what we're going to share with uh, the listening audience and, and what I want to share with you. Um, okay. I'd love to hear it. And, and, you know, I think it's, and in my head, I'm going to imagine, like, obviously you'll be asking the questions, but I'm going to imagine them coming out of the wrinkled, dry, thin-skinned lips of, a, of an elder. If that, if that helps you, then, uh, then go, imagine away. Um, I can tell you a lot of the background on these um, because, you know, I was witness to them. Um, and this is not the top 10, I'll have you know. Uh, this is just the first 10 that I've recorded. So some of these questions are really serious, good questions. Some of them are more like, are you serious? I can't believe you're actually asking that. Cause yeah, I call those questions the, uh, I must say what questions? Because that's what it kind of makes you want to say. Yeah, I remember a lot of my teachers would say that like there are no dumb questions. So I will not say that any of these questions are dumb. Because a teacher told me that one time. Question number one. Oh, all right, we're going to jump right in here with both feet. Are you, are you ready? Yeah, I am. Question number one. Yes. Is capitalism just socialism for rich people? Um, that is a good. That is a good question, and it's a dumb question. And I would say what we're doing right now in, in the USA, Americas, yeah, because we're just giving the money to the old money bags and uh, thinking it's all going to trickle down. But it's not ever going to trickle down. Um, but I would say that's just in, in the words of our all of our, you know, collective grandfather, Bernie Sanders, he would say that's socialism for the rich. So I would say it's all so all socialism. Okay, did you say America's plural? Yeah, yeah, okay. we're all a little piece of America. <laughs> all right, all um, little states, Pennsylvania, and each of them. <laughs> There's so much I want to dive into right there, but um, okay, question two. Question two. Did I get that one right? Or what's the, what's uh, the if answer? I had, if I had a bell, I think that, uh, I think you got it right. Okay. Number two. Um, and it was said exactly this way. I have quotes written around this. Um, and this was, a, was this an old lady or an old man? Um, this was actually asked by a uh, 17-year-old female. Um because I meant seniors as in seniors in high school. However, if you prepare, if you uh, prefer to uh, think of this as an octogenarian male, I think the question still remains the same. I have quotes around okay. it. Okay. I do prefer that. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is a, a man that maybe fought in World War II. Um, do whales feel things? I mean, I know they feel things like hot and cold and stuff, but do they have feelings? 
I would say to this old man, oh, yes. Oh, they feel so deeply. They sing songs of pain and sorrow and loss, but they also sing for new beginnings and hope and love and that feeling when your child that you uh, you know raised from a pup or whatever a, a small whale is called um, has a whale of his own has a whale pup of his own so yes through whale song and listening to whale songs on Spotify and downloading them on in that kind of stuff. We can get a sense of the deep feelings that whales have. And it's not all good. Yeah, there's the good times. Yeah, there's the sad times. There's also righteous whale anger that comes where a, one whale wants to kill another whale in, in, in cold blood. And it's not just killer whales that feel that way. It's every, like a blue whale will feel that way too. All right, baby whales are called calves. Um, calves. So I was not conceptually very far off. No, you're spot on. Um, are Are you saying that they can whales can sometimes uh, have premeditated murder? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they'll see things. They'll feel jealousy. You know, they'll look at another whale's fins and be like, "I wish I had those fins." <laughs> you know just like us humans so as you were answering that question so perfectly um, I underlined the part of the question where it says I mean I know they feel things like hot and cold and stuff um, first off the person asking the question doesn't know that they feel hot and cold I mean a well we don't know what a well feels and we right and and what, you know, maybe they're, they dive to such deep depths and they have such thick blubber, like we don't, like maybe their right concepts of temperature are, are so different. But what's the same is their concept of vengeance <laughs> and how, how, to, how to repay that debt. Well, they're definitely, a, they're, they're a brooding bunch. Can we agree to that? Oh, yeah. They brood. <laughs> Yes. And have you seen the way they jump out of out of the water and they land and they crush on boats and all of the people have to swim ashore or they'll die? Well, I wanna, tell, tell me that's not a vengeful beast. There is an insurance company that uses the uh, the blue whale in a commercial where it's jumping and, and, and it's turning over and making a huge splash, I'm sure. Yes. Um, that's the only reason that, that a whale will jump. A whale won't jump just naturally out in the middle of the ocean. Whales only jump to land on top of ships to crush them and to drown people. And you, can you imagine them in whale in the whaleese saying, Cannonball and like Yeah. Oh yeah. They're getting joy out their their thing is hilarious. Oh, they're so happy. They're so happy. There was an episode last season where I did with Wade that uh Eighteen twenties began with a bang, and it was about the sperm whale sinking a uh, whaling ship called the Essex, which later became the story for Moby Dick. Um, but an eighty-five foot sperm whale vengefully took on a, uh, a whaling ship and, and, and completely destroyed the ship, leaving the crew to uh, have to revert to uh, cannibalism in order to survive. And that is so typical of what you hear of these animals. They, that happens more often than we even hear about. It happens all the time. Whenever ships go missing, you know who the first suspect I would look to? Whales. Yes. Absolutely. Oh. All right. Question number three. Um, is it better to invest in Bitcoin or should I just burn or flush my money? Say that last part again. Is it better to invest in Bitcoin or should I just burn or flush my money? So it's a three, there's three options. Yeah. Bitcoin, Bitcoin burn, burn, or flush. 
blush. I would honestly say burn. Because of the pictures? Because of the pictures? Of the presidents on there and stuff? No, like pictures of you, like, you know, like, I don't know, Instagram or, or... Oh, yeah, like, it would look cool in my music video of how we're burning money. Yeah, the Snapchat, like, look at me, y'all. I'm burning up uh, Ben Franklin or whatever. Yeah, look. Well, here, here's my thinking. That's true. I did not factor that, but it does look really cool. And it kind of shows, like, what do I care? Like, I'm burning all this stuff. Money, money, material possessions mean nothing to me. Symbols of my nation mean, mean nothing to me. That You know, that's cool. But um, I was thinking more, all right. Bitcoin, obviously a waste of time. The flushing thing, I don't know for sure, but I know you're not supposed to flush like paper towels. Okay. So, and so in my brain, I'm just thinking like my little peanuts rattling around and I'm thinking, okay, if I should be flushing paper towels, I definitely shouldn't be flushing the money because then I'm just going to have to hire a plumber to come like run a snake down there or whatever and get all the money out. And how am I going to pay him since I flushed it all? Well, once this podcast is over, I can, um, I would like to share a story with you about a plumber. Um, uh, but it's like a secret. Well, well, I wouldn't like to share it publicly, but, um, okay. So you're Bitcoin, um, you're against Bitcoin mainly because you don't like plumbers. I don't like many plumbers. Uh, and the Bitcoin thing, it's just, it's just trashy, you know, just say, don't invest your money in anything. Just keep it all for yourself. That's what I would say to these, these elderly people who I'm sure they're getting their social security checks and they're like, what should I do? Bitcoin? I'm just like, as old as you are, do not worry about stuff on the internet right now. Definitely Definitely not. Worry about your medicines and call your grandkids or whatever, but like you do not need to be mixing around in, in bitcoins. Well, on a separate podcast, we can talk about how many octogenarians are are being taken advantage of in in uh, in uh, these these places, and how many of them uh, actually ask uh, the nurses to be the executioner of their will and and want them to. Uh, you know, uh, decide really important things for their finances. Um, but let's just go on right to question number four. Um, how do we solve homelessness? First of all, are we counting up or counting down? Like, are we almost done or are we just getting started? We're, we're now 40% of the way through. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and the question was, how do we get rid of homeless people? <laughs> Um, well, that's a that's a weird take on it. The question was, how do we solve homelessness? Homelessness. Okay. I mean, the root cause of homelessness is obviously homes. Correct. We want homefulness. So it seems like we need maybe the homes we have are too big. Then they need to be smaller so that we can fit everybody in, into separate little homes. Micro homes. Micro homes. So I would say we need to do Michael. What did you say? Michael homes? Micro homes. I thought you said Michael homes. Is that a person? I, that's what I was wondering. Like, who? Is that a politician or something that you know about? I just think this question is stupid because there's so many houses in Flint, Michigan that are that are without people to live in. Why can't we just move all these people that are without homes to Detroit and Flint? And and you know we 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 two birds with one stone. You know we we just solve it. There's, you know, and here's a here's a new take on it. I like that. I like the Michigan thing. But you ever think about this, Bo? Like, you know, the famous saying from, I think it came from the Wizard of Oz, uh, home is where the heart is. Exactly. You've heard, you've heard that. Okay, so the answer is right there. 
rib cage, your rib cage. All right, so we build a giant person. Yeah. And let people that are without homes live within this. Live in the ribs. <laughs> like ribs. But that's more to eat. But, you know, I do like ribs. All right, um, question number five. Is prepping for the zombies or a more deadly strain of COVID going to pay off? And if so, when? That was a real think, question asked by a senior in high school about a month ago. I think that absolutely it's going to pay off. Um, the zombie thing is something that I've been doing since college. And... Um, <laughs> Um, and, and so I do think even, even it hasn't happened yet, but it does pay off that like, you know, when I go into a building, I'm thinking of the, where are the exits? What's my way out of here? And so like, even like a movie theater, what's the one, like where, you know, sometimes you go out in the little side exit, you're like, what parking lot am I going to come out of? You have to think about that kind of stuff, prepping for zombies, but it also pays off just like in the day to day, because when you're done, like you're fit, you finish, you pay your check or you, the movie's over, like you're getting out of there quick because you've already planned it out because you're thinking of it as like a life or death thing. I call that uh borning, borning from, uh, it's from Jason Bourne, but I called it before even Jason Bourne was a movie. I called it borning your way through life. You had that phrase before the movie. Yeah. I was like, I can run two miles flat out at this altitude and be kind of tired, but it was always more like, I can run about 50 feet and be exhausted at this altitude. It wasn't like Jason Bourne's stats. Like, you know, like I can run six miles. No, I could. I'm, six miles, that's ridiculous. Unless I'm like on a moped or a scooter or a car. But it was much more tangible goals that I had. Um, it was always like I can jump about seven inches in the air. If something comes at me, it wasn't like Jason Bourne stats. I'll just say that. But you knew your capabilities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and really, when it comes to zombie, you don't need to run six miles. You might just need an explosive burst to get you, you know, ahead of the pack. You know, and then they'll eat the guy behind you. Yeah, the way zombies walk, I would think you just. You walk at a quicker pace than yeah. it's, that's really what it's about. And then one thing you can do, and this is what me and all my, my friends in college, the house we lived in, we would hide machetes around the house. <laughs> okay. All right. Just um, like you, you don't know what room you're going to be in when they're yeah. trying to bust in. You never know. You never know. Always be prepared. That's what I say. Always be prepared. Um, actually, after a absolutely shockingly un—I guess I would just say like just a senile conversation um, between two seniors. Um, I also heard this question actually in response. And this is question number six: How many AR-15s do I need to feel safe in my home? Um, well, you're asking a guy, you're asking right now the guy who hid machetes in every room. And, and his, so I would say one in every room. And I guess one. that on if you live in a Michael home or if you live in like a big home. I live in a 46 room, 12,000 foot, 12,000 square foot home. So I need 46 AR 15s to feel safe. Do those include like bathrooms and hallways? No. Okay, why, I would have one there. Why, in the why would you? Too. Why would you count those in your rooms? Well, definitely the bathroom. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't, know. I don't count those as rooms. Yeah, I'm not like a realtor or anything. I don't know exactly the the rules. It's forty six rooms. 
those include bedrooms, living rooms, dens, foyers, you know, dining rooms, stuff like that. But not the bathrooms. We don't speak about that. We don't speak about laboratories. Okay, I didn't know. Let's just, let's just leave it at that. I didn't know. Well, I mean, come on. Do you not know how to use a shrimp fork? I mean, ridiculous. I mean, come on. Well, and look, let's bring it back. If we are going to promote humbleness with little micro, micro, micro homes of made out of rib cages, then we might not have that 46 rooms. We might not even have that. So it might just be one AK or whatever gun it was. Um, you know, I don't know about guns either. It's it's an AR-15. Okay. Yeah. You're saying I need how many ever rooms I have? Yes, one for every room. Okay, perfect. Um, question number seven. How do regular birds feel about chicken? Uh, that is a good question. I would just say they probably feel pity for them. Really? Yes. They're so much bigger. But their lives, they're just like, they, they don't have freedom. You know, they can't fly through this air all any which way. That's they live true. in these little, like, wire houses and... The humans steal their babies. Well, I did see a red bird land with my chickens in the backyard. And I would say that a, a normal red bird is, is probably about one-tenth the size of a chicken. And I was thinking, do these red birds lay an egg every single day? Because chickens do. To my detriment, actually. Um... And I'm thinking that a red bird that lands next to a chicken is jealous. No. You're saying no, they're not jealous of a humongously larger bird that lays an egg every day. If I were a red bird, I would like, I would almost feel disgust towards these chickens. Like, what is wrong with you? Break free from these shackles of your coop and fly and take your little babies and train them and, you know, do the worm thing or whatever and train them to fly. Y'all are, it's like, Wait, hold on. Can, can, you, can you go into more detail about what you just said, the worm thing? Yeah. I'm talking when they eat the worms, you know, with the early bird, it gets, it catches the little worm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've heard that expression. Yeah, so they get up early and they catch worms. What else did what else did you want to know? I just don't think chickens are all that concerned about. Chickens eat twenty four seven, basically. If if it were sunlight outside twenty four seven, that's how much chickens would eat. Because chickens are insatiable. But what are they eating? You know, that's the question. Well, either they have poor eyesight or they're just checking stuff out. But I would love to have you come over and, and, and witness my chickens because they're constantly like just pecking at the ground, like constantly. Anytime the sun's out, they're constantly pecking at the ground and, and checking stuff out. And they like to scratch with their feet. They don't have arms. Their arms are, I guess, wings. But yeah, yeah, that's true. So it sounds like most of what they're eating is probably like pieces of dirt and like little rocks. Maybe. Yeah, they they do like to have a little bit of rock in their belly to help with the digestion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. What was that? Question number seven. Yeah. Question eight. How much weight can a person lift? How much weight can a person lift? This right. is a good question for that elderly people should probably be thinking about because 
every day, I would imagine it's less and less. So maybe that's the answer. <laughs> okay. I, I actually felt really strong as like an, a nine-year-old or 10-year-old because my grandparents would say, my, especially my grandmothers, they would say like, can you get that uh, gallon of milk out of the refrigerator? And I would easily, because what are we talking about? Like three pounds, four pounds, maybe at the most. I'd grab it and they would say like, oh, you're so strong. And who are these, who are these people? They, these were my grandmothers. Huh. And I would feel so strong. They must have just been very weak. Yeah, yeah, there were like 75-year-old women. That's terrible. Do you have a different childhood? I'm sorry, what? What do you mean? Are you... My, no, my grandmother, she's still around, and no, I never experienced her weakness. She, I think she still goes out. We don't let her drive the car anymore, but she still goes out and does uh, like not square dancing, but something like that. Some sort of dance, communal dance. Does she like cut the grass and stuff? I mean, like, yeah, what? yeah, she's all over the place. Really? Yes. She can do like jungle gym stuff, like, you know, swinging around from her arms and stuff. What do you mean jungle gym stuff? You know, on the jungle gym when you swing from your arms. And you go from pole to pole. She still does that? Oh, yeah, yeah. She swims, too, like, basically every day. I, I don't even know how to respond. That's such a ridiculous response. She's in her, I mean, she's in her 90s, she, but, you know, I mean, she, she, I would say for most of her life, I don't know, we haven't arm wrestled in years, but I would say for most of her life, she was stronger than me. Now, I'm not, you know me, I'm not like a, a, a muscle head or whatever, but. You're kind of a muscle head. She was a strong woman, though. But if you, if you arm wrestled her today. Or tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we haven't done that in years. So you still kind of leave it. I leave it at that. You still kind of think she could take you. I think psychologically she already has. Okay. Because you know, if you know what I'm saying, like I'm still dealing with the childhood trauma of this old woman, the things she did to me. Would, would, would she like slam slam your hand? She, she would slam my hand so hard on the table that my hand would be red. My, the side of my arm would be red. And it would hurt my elbow. Gee. And sometimes my shoulder would get hurt too. Well, that's, yeah. a whole, that's a whole can of worms. Um, okay. Uh, what was that question? Eight? Was that, yeah. Please tell me that was question eight because I feel yeah. so bad right now. Question yeah. nine. Um, if 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 I was making pasta tonight, what what type of noodle should I use? I like the flat ones. What are those called? Linguini. Yeah. Flat long, flat and long. Flat what? You know, they're kind of like long, but they're flat. Fettuccine? Fettuccine is a good one. Um, I do not like those little blow, uh, bow tie ones. No bow tie, okay. That's like basically like little kid stuff that I'm not into. Like I want when I'm eating pasta, I want to feel like an adult. You know, I'm not like a little boy anymore, grandma. 
or whoever. The the top five is Pimi, Pimi, Pimi. Oh, gross! What? Spaghetti, linguine, fettuccine, or macaroni. Okay, I will admit I'm looking at a little chart on the internet right now. That's what I look at. And I'll I'll tell you based on this chart. I don't know if it has all of the different ones because my understanding is that there's hundreds if not thousands of different varieties of types of pasta um that fed i like feta fettuccine mm-hmm. and i think i like linguine just fine and sometimes when i'm feeling buck wild i'll eat some from ziti because that's a big old fat and round but i will say i do not want the Bow ties. All right, that's that's a good choice. Um, what are we at? Question nine. Question nine. Are pharmacists making pills too big on purpose? Yes, and that is and that is to prevent abuse of the pills. Okay. Because most people, when they're swallowing the pills, they just dump into their hand and then just pop whatever's in their hand in their mouth so and they don't even look at how many they have but it's like popping like little candies so if you make them bigger then chances are they'll swallow less when they blindly just sort of throw the pills into their their uh, gullets I've tried to refrain from from jumping in on these questions, um, but oh, come on in, come on in. Okay, let, let me just step in on this question, and then I'll leave you to it. Um, and again, this is a question that is great because, as an elderly person, your students are probably thinking of this all the time. Because how many pills do they have to take a day? You know, like probably fifteen. I don't know, twenty. So they're probably, and their throats are so old and bad at swallowing. You know, this is like a major concern for them. I would say to them, pharmacists don't make the pills. Basically, um, when I hear someone someone is a pharmacist, uh, I think, wow, they went to two years of extra school to learn how to count. The pharmacists don't make the pills. The pharmacists basically are in charge of, hey, this prescription says 30 pills. I need to count to 30. That's their skill. The pharmacists only count the pills. They don't do anything else. They so put, they count. That's Maybe right. that's why they're making the pills bigger is because they'd be easier to count. They don't make the they pills. Have. They don't make, they don't make the pills. Cause if they were little, if they made them little, they might be, they might get them mixed up more. Again, so they, they don't make them. They don't make the pills. I'm trying. I'm really. I am trying to follow this. Your argument here. So you're saying the pharmacist counts. That's it. That's the only thing they do. They just count. Then where would they even? Where would the pills even come from? Like just like a magic shoot, and the in Walgreens, or the pills just come out of the ceiling. They they are delivered. Once a month to the pharmacist. Once then, a month? Yeah, that's that's it. Once a month, the pharmacist gets an allotment of pills. Is it the government or something? From the pharmaceutical companies, I would assume. I mean, and then the pharmacist just counts. That's it. That's all that they do. And they I don't, I don't think there's any way that we can really know okay. that the inner workings of the of all of this stuff. All right. Unless we got a job at like Walgreens. Well, the first step is be higher than be on a level above your customer. That's the main requirement of pharmacist be at least 12 inches higher than the customer that you're serving 
Um, I'm so upset. Which is why so many basketball players, after they get out of the professional stuff, become pharmacists. Again, they're not a foot taller than you. It just appears that way because they're on a pedestal of their own making. Of their own making because in actuality, they're equal. They're eye level to you and I because all their job is is to count the number of pills that the prescription requires. Ah, okay. Question number 10. It's so confusing. So confusing. I don't think I'll ever get it. <laughs> question 10. Um, final. How many questions are there? This is it. This is the oh, number. Final. Big one. Big one. What was Jesus' IQ? Well, okay. So this is a great question. And I'm sure that the person who said this. Um, was coming at it from a religious perspective. One thing that I just incorrect. This is a person with a fairly high IQ. Um, are you familiar with uh, a psychological phenomenon known as the Flynn effect? No, I'm not. Please tell okay. me. So the basic idea of the Flynn effect is that, so, you know, I, the way IQs are measured, the average is 100 but it's a sliding scale. So how, like if they take a certain amount of IQs this year, they're going to adjust it so that the average, so 100 might be different. So what it means is someone who has 100 or someone who has like 80 now, not so smart, may have scored 150 years ago because essentially the phenomenon that they see with the Flynn effect is that, IQs are getting higher and higher in a relatively short span of time. Hmm. So a, a 120 and above average score in 1940 would probably be like an average score now. Okay. And the, and the question is, you know, the deeper question is, are we getting better at taking the test? Or are we actually getting smarter? And I'll leave that to the scientists. But what I can tell you, but almost hold on, hold on. can you can you go ahead and I, I know you want to leave it to the scientists, but let let me just ask for you to add your two cents. Do you like, think we're I, getting smarter, or are we just getting better at the test? Because I would, uh, I would, I would you I would, know, I'm no scientist. I'm no scientist here. Well, you do have a scientific background. I did. I took a biology class. Correct. And don't tell anybody I said this. Are we getting okay. smarter or are we just getting better at the test? Don't repeat this to anyone. Your secret is safe. If this your, is secret, your secret is safe here on this podcast. However, we did just break 10,000 downloads, so... That, just, that doesn't mean that this podcast is great. It does mean that I have a large family and they like me. So it does have over 10,000 downloads. So I'll just have you know. Which is just it's kind of secret. It's kind of secret compared to the population of the world. So yeah. Oh, yeah. please share. And this whole name that I've been using, you calling me Danny and everything, has been a Danny Roberts. Nobody knows even who I am. Danny Roberts. That's right. Um, I believe that I believe that uh, we are getting better at taking the test and our intellects are being used in certain specific ways that that the modern world requires. Okay. But not I think the capabilities of the human mind are, is is not is always been like that. But that what you I would say that Douglas Robertson just said that people are getting stupider 
every day. What I would say to this senior citizen that you teach at the nursing home. Yes. IQ of Jesus. I would say to them, sir or madam, based on this concept called the Flynn effect, which is a well-documented psychological phenomenon, I can safely say that Jesus's IQ is lower than mine. Oh, you do not work well with the elderly. Because if you said something like that, a cane may come across the temple of your face. Your correct answer is infinite. Infinite? Jesus' IQ was infinite. I'll have you know, Danny, um, Jesus was the son of God. That's true. The devil true. himself put Jesus to a test in the uh, wilderness. Yeah. And, Go on. And Jesus passed all three questions with lying colors. And his test was only three questions. I took the SAT and it had like 300 questions. Took me like four hours to take it. I would have gladly gone into the wilderness and taken a three test Hold on. exam. Are you, are you saying the Pharisees at 12 years old didn't question Jesus? Are you saying that at every turn at 30 years old, Jesus was not questioned by the Pharisees? Or I mean, come on. His IQ was definitely off the charts. I mean, he's definitely in any time period a genius. Look, I'm sure he was a nice guy. You know, I love a lot of the things he wow. said. Wow. These are, all caveats. These are all caveats right here. But what about what about the Flynn effect, you know? Well, you know who made Flynn? Jesus is bad. So just because his dad does all this, he's smart. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> because his dad made the test and made Elf Lynn. So, so do you, but that doesn't strike you as a little like, all right, his dad made the test. And so are you saying that we need to have a Whatever I, um, I I I struggle to find the words. It feels so sacrilegious. Um, are you saying that Jesus should take some type of uh, test? I would, I would say for starters, the ACT. All right. Do you not think that Jesus would score a thirty-six on the ACT? I honestly, I don't, I don't know because so much of it, again, so much of that test tests our modern ways of thinking. And I know he was a carpenter, but like what, you know, like what kind of math classes did he take? First off, he was the greatest carpenter the world has ever known. And secondly, Jesus would not take the ACT or SAT because he would shelter in place because this is the time of COVID. I don't understand. These, these questions are culturally biased. I, I'll have you know that. Yes, yes. I'm stoked that, that you would... I mean, yes, he was a carpenter because his father was a carpenter. It was a caste system. You, you, we know this. We, Look, right. I'm not... I'm not Integrating the career, his career choice. I think it's a great career. He's working with his hands. I feel like you're um, disparaging our Lord and Savior. No, no, I have so many carpenter carpenter friends that they know. Like a lot of my best friends are carpenters. You know, so like they know I'm not speaking like that. But I also think we can't say just because he was a carpenter 
so much brother all right fantastic episode a lot of my best friends <laughs> 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 oh oh please i love jesus um jeez wow that was a tough 10 minutes man <laughs> i love it i absolutely thank you for coming on um, yes yeah honestly um I've got like, I'm still recording all these. It's great episodes. It's, uh, um, I've got so many questions from seniors this year. And I also teach an eighth grade class, which leads me to so many. I'm just recording these questions and I'm really like, I've got 56 questions. So these 10 were absolutely hilarious to me. Your answers were so great. Um, thank you for doing this, brother. Hey, happy to be here. Clocking out. Clocking out. Thanks, brother. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.